welcome to another edition of the True Patriot Outfitters podcast. Folks, this episode being brought to you today by, once again, Amped Outdoors. We trust them for our livelihood. Lithium batteries that don't break the bank, um, that are built with top quality in line with a company that stands behind you. Yep, yep, and yep. You don't have to do the exploration that I already have. Trust me, I checked out all the brands I could. Amped Outdoors. Go check them out. You will not be sorry. Now that we've paid bills, let's move on to the next stuff here. Today, we are going to have an opportunity to speak with one of the, the, the premier and most dangerous hooks in the West, is the, the kind of how I refer to this dude. He uh, hails from a state that is known to produce some pretty darn good anglers out there in Nebraska. There's a, he's got a pedigree, uh, pretty solid home right here in Colorado and works uh, with one of our favorite uh, places to buy outdoors at Shields. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Caleb Zimmer. Caleb, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Gene. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure. You bet, man. You bet. So, yeah, man, I meant every word of the intro I meant. You are you're a flat-out dangerous hook. You're a threat to win anywhere you go here in Colorado. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. So, state championship, we're at Pueblo. I've never been there. Right. My practice got cut, okay? I had some things come up with my son. Um, he's, a co- he's a college hockey player, plays for right. the MSU Denver Roadrunners. Yeah. He injured his ankle really, really bad. He had to get, we had to get uh, kind of a, an emergency MRI situation done to see if right. he was going to need surgery on it because it was that bad. Right, I remember that. So it cut into my practice time for the state championship of all things. And I'm like, dude, Pueblo is like the premier bass fishing spot maybe right. in our state, right? It's one of the most, I mean, you can fish many different ways there. It's so, it's so great. So I don't have much of a, of a practice time to really explore. Mon- we First uh, day one of the, of the tournament there, we start the day. I'm going to tell you a little secret. As I'm leaving and I turn around and I see it's you following me. Yep. Do you know what that did for my confidence, bro? When Man. I was like, dude, Caleb's going this way. Oh, okay, whatever. I'm feeling better about this. Because <laughs> I wasn't sure. There wasn't a lot of people where we were at. You know, right. we had we had right. Kenny tucked back in a hole back over here. Type thing. Right. He was, and he somehow found he, he found yeah. a really good limit. I don't know. Man, I practiced there. I practiced there. And I did not find a single fish where he was. I was same. I was shocked he found a good limit back there. Same. Same. Yeah. I uh, I buzzed around back in there myself. And it was like, hey, it looks cool. But, man, it just it didn't produce for me during right. practice. So. But, yeah, dude, I, seriously, that's I mean, that's the reputation for, you know, a new guy coming well, into the kayak it. scene. You're known. I mean, you you know these waters. You know what you're doing out there. So it was kind of a little. It was like, okay, I, I feel a little better better at this. And when I caught my first two, here's right. the other full truth disclosure. I didn't put them up on the board right away because I knew you were close to me. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want him to know that I found a right? couple. Hey that's, hey, that's, <laughs> hey, that's part of it. That is totally part of it. I get it. I 100 get it. I think those were the only two fish I found. The majority. Of the day. I think you and I, man, that was tough over there, man. I'll tell you. I, so I rolled up. So I, the, during practice, um, I roll up on a couple points and, uh, you know, lucky enough, um, being an employee at Shields in Johnstown, they've been able to, you know, help me get some gear. That's pretty fun to use and stuff like that. So I was at, you know, I have a live scope on my kayak and, uh, I was scanning some points with it and I was like, man, these fish are here. They're here. I didn't even, and you know, I, I, I cast out check size on them 
caught a couple in that 14 inch range. You know, I know some of these tournaments, 14 inches aren't necessarily your bread and butter, but you know, at a place like Pueblo or horse tooth that we fish around here, you know, in Colorado, yep. you know, a 14 inch fish really is like the way I look at it is more like a 15 or 16 inch fish elsewhere. You no, know, I yeah. want the bottom half of my limit, like my, my limit fish, you know, if it's a 14 incher, I know I caught a good limit that day there. Roger and that. so I rolled up on some, some points, found a couple really good fish. And then I found uh, a spot later on in that practice session where I was marking really good smallmouth, wow. and I didn't even throw at him. I let him go. Cause I was like, you know what? I'm coming here for the tournament. Yep. I turned my stuff off. I went to another spot just to try to find, you know, that secondary location and, and whatnot. And, uh, I roll up there on, on tournament day. I go straight to that spot and they're gone. They're not there. Typical, right? Always saw them in practice, never see them during the tournament. You had to like the fact that since I was in front of you, I went right past your spot. Right. You had yeah, to like, exactly. <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep yeah. going. <laughs> right. Exactly. I was like, all right, I got my spot. I got my spot. I'm good now. So uh, I dropped the live scope down. I don't see anything. Now, not using live scope isn't like see fish, catch fish. Like a lot of people think it is, you know, there's right. a lot of, there's a lot to it about finding structure and whatnot like that too. So exactly. Um, I knew that there was fish in the area. So I, you know, I ended up catching a couple and just not the right size, not the ones I needed. I went down to the spot um, further down that I actually found some really good marks at as well. And they were gone. I mean, the fish yeah. totally moved out and what ended up happening is they moved further I'm not going to say directionally exactly where, because some people like <laughs> some people might have known where I was. But so some of they moved a, they moved away from my spot and moved towards another area of the lake. And I thought about going there. Right. And it's funny. I was I was pedaling over that way, and I see uh, Leslie in her kayak. Yep. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give her her space. I don't. I, I've never been up this way. I'm not going to go there. So right. I turn around and start fishing another bank and turns out she won the tournament. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Cause I was like, I, they had totally just pushed that way. And, um, yep. cause I had, I had found some really good fishing practice and it was a lot of fun, but that, Hey, that's how it goes. You know, right. you find it, you, it. What's the saying? Like you always catch them in practice, never in the tournament, something like that. Sure. Whatever. Sure. You know, and in Minnesota, dude, I'll tell you, we, we have a lot of uh, brown fish up there. The Minnesota has a, yeah. a tremendous amount of smallmouth, And right. if there's something that smallmouth taught me, is the fact of just how freaking nomadic they are. Man. You cannot count on, you know, spots with them on an, on a constant basis, right. maybe a 24 hour period, but right. yeah, dude, they just, for whatever reason, they're just like deuces, they pack up yep. and they're gone, man. They right. move to something else. Right. Yeah. And you know, I've noticed too, you know, with the lakes that we fish here, there's a huge bait fish population, right? So Pueblo right. horse tooth, um, Trinidad, even, you know, those, those lakes where you get those really, really solid, like you'll mark them on your graph. There'll be a giant bait ball. Yep. You know, they just cruise and follow those bait balls around. Um, yeah. you know, when I'm at the store talking to people about, you know, where they should go, what they should do, you know, I, I asked, do you have electronics? And if you find a bait ball, stop <laughs> because yeah. there's fish around, you know, they're going to, they're going to, you know, just migrate and follow those, those bait fish, you know, depending on the time of year, obviously there, there's some changes with that, but um, you know, at our fisheries specifically, I think there's a little bit more of that, you know, moving in and out of areas just because right. they're constantly following all that bait that's running around in the, in those reservoirs. Well, now, and dude, you're from Nebraska, right? right. I mean, that's, that's home state for you. And there, right. people don't realize just what kind of, there's some, there's some good bass fishing in Nebraska, y'all. Oh yeah. Uh, and if you, if you, if you wonder about it, 
just take a look at maybe say the top 10 top 20 national you know rankings out there if you will if you could find rankings of of some of the best you know uh, kayak anglers out there they're coming from the state of nebraska folks i'm telling you that right now there's a lot of them out there right and it's because of the diversity you guys have but so you you have that experience to pull from colorado fishing is kind of a unique critter i mean definitely is even compared to other western type fishing colorado kind of has its own unique you know oh definitely no for sure you know i mean being from nebraska you know when i first started kayak fishing um i joined a club in the state and it was marty hughes yeah james francis nate goria (laughs) i mean the the workmen's like i mean it was like at the time i didn't even know who i was fishing against and actually i fished a couple tournaments against uh Christine Fisher, she was out there at the time. Yep. And, you know, looking at it now, like big picture, like I was like, holy cow. And the, the funny thing is, <laughs> one of my the first tournament I ever fished was a, it, we did a, like a league out there where we would fish every, it was like Tuesday or Thursday nights. And the first tournament I fished, I had went to the Shields in Omaha, Nebraska. I had just graduated from college. I had no money. And I bought a $150 Pelican kayak that was eight feet long. Nice. I had a pack of hooks and a pack of chompers in my jacket. <laughs> One fishing rod I bought at Goodwill in Okaboji for two dollars. Yeah, baby. And I I show up and I I fish the tournament and I co- I get out on the kayak and one of the guys I can't even remember who it was he goes man you want to know what the only thing you can't do today is I go what because you know these guys have these you know fish and all stuff on their yeah. boats I never even knew it was a thing at the time. He's like the only thing you can't do is win. <laughs> With what you got sitting in front of you right there, you can't win tonight. That's the only rule. And then the next time I went, they were giving me a hard time because I didn't have an anchor and I was blowing all over the lakes. My kayak weighed 50 pounds. So I went to Lowe's. I went to Lowe's and bought half a cinder block and 20 feet of rope. And that was my anchor and my rod holder for my first two years of kayak fishing. Heck yeah. And, you know, then from there, you know, now it's just, it's, it's one of those things. Now it's a total rabbit hole. You know, now I've got, you know, a Hobie Outback, Garmin Graph, Live Scope. I'll carry twelve rods on my kayak with me at all times. That's but, awesome. Yeah, it was. It's cool to like look back and see, you know, you know, just kind of how 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 you know where you start and where you end up with this, you know, kayak game. And then some of the you know the people I was fishing against at the time, I you know no idea, you know what they would end up doing, winning tournament of champions, you know, yep. team national championships, and uh, you know. Louisiana and and that kind of thing, you know, to this day, I still think all the time, like, man, what would Marty Hughes do? Or what would James Francis do in this situation? Or Nate Goria? Like, what are these guys, yep. what are these guys doing that I'm not? Sure. Um, and, you know, I would always, every time we'd like, you know, have, you know, any sort of like, you know, before tournament captains meetings or anything, you know, you just sit there and soak up what they're saying, just listening to every little tidbit they'll give you. Cause you know, in the fishing world, especially around tournaments, not a whole lot of information gets shared. So no guys, you know, any little tidbit you can get is a, is a big time advantage, especially coming from, you know, some, some of the, you know, that caliber of fishermen for sure. Yeah. So you'll be happy to know Tuesday night, Marty and I sat down and had a little interview like yeah. this. So yeah, we chatted quite a bit. My first time meeting Marty, it was pretty wild. It was at Wilson last year. Yeah. Keep in mind, I'm still very rookie in the kayak game, right? Oh yeah. And it was last year was my first season there. I, I, I roll into Wilson, Kansas real late on a Wednesday yeah, real late Wednesday night. I'm I'm trying out a new deal with this kind of utility trailer that I had. It's like gotcha. I, I hauled my my unlimited on that. But when I got to camp, what I did was basically take the kayak off, deploy my tent on the utility trailer, set up a cool awning. Bro, right. I had I had myself a little bachelor cat, you know, crib set up here. 
And then the kayak just went in the back of the pickup with an extender. Right. And it's like, we're, we're ready to fly. Like, so I yeah. get this all set up. I'm sweating, you know, like Mike Tyson in a spelling bee. And <laughs> if Mike's watching, don't, don't watch Mike. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's in the kayaks or fishing. So I think we're okay. Right. Yeah. Um, you're good there. No. So I'm, you know, it was so freaking hot, so humid. Um, I get all set up and then make a long story short, a freaking like microburst storm come through that night. It didn't last long, but long enough to literally rip the steel spikes out of the ground, tear my uh, pop-up piece thing in half metal wise, run spikes through my tent into my air mattress, puncture all of that, ripped my tent apart. And literally when it first started going, the old spidey sense went off and I'm like, nah, dog. We're not hanging out in this. So I got in the pickup. I'm there like, you, you know what? I put Netflix on on my phone holder there, and I just sat there eating my my Subway uh, protein bowl. I'm like, yeah, we're we're good right here till this storm blows over. Right. I then hear everything. I hear the the stupid topper hit my truck. I mean, it was dude, it was crazy. I'm like, yeah, Kansas. Here we are. This is my first trip here. Bottom line is, I abandoned camp kinda. I knew I had the campsite for the rest of the duration. I'm like, I'm going to leave my trailer here. I cleaned everything up. So it kept it neat and, and tidy. Right. Um, but I kept checking it every day. I, you know, I'd come back on. And so there I am Thursday. I'm practice. I'm, I'm sleep deprived because I haven't slept much. There's this cool looking uh, like teardrop camper off-road deal sitting over here. And I'm oh, like, yeah. dude, that's what we really need to look at. Mm-hmm. So I roll my window down. I'm like, hey, you mind if I ask you a couple questions about your camper? This dude looks over at me. He goes, no, come on in. Right. I start chatting with him. It's Marty. Right. Yeah. I had no idea who dude was. Right. I had no idea. I'm just, he's, he's another guy. I could tell you had a kayak. He's probably fishing this all American, you know, deal with me. Didn't really understand the knowledge that we had. So I'd still be there asking him questions if I knew how much knowledge this dude oh, actually yeah. did. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it, it is crazy. Like you just sit there and just soak it up and yeah. I fished the national championship in Shreveport a couple of years ago now. And, I remember we were sitting at the table and he was talking about what he had done that day. And, and, and he ended up, he made the cut and obviously not surprising, but um, it just kind of just trying to take in as much as I could from him just cause it's, yeah. it's, there's so much vital information. You know, I think that's one thing too, you know, if you really want to, you know, succeed in, in fishing, whatnot, right. You know, as much, you take in as much information as you can. You know, I always joke about it. I, couple of the guys I used to work with at our store, Colton Caldwell and Tommy Cruz, you know, I, any success I have in this state <laughs> really is, you know, a credit to them for sure. They, you know, just from being where I was from, how I fish back home versus how I fish here now was totally different. And, you know, those guys were, you know, instrumental and, in, and, in, you know, kind of teaching me like, man, this isn't Nebraska anymore. We're not fishing weed lines in six feet of water. Like right. you're got, you got to find fish in 30 or 40 feet if you want to find something that, with some size to it every once in a while. So for consistency. Yeah. Yeah, right. for sure. Yep. No. And that's the truth, man. We, we, the moment I think we as anglers stop learning or we close off our head and think we've got it figured out is, is probably the moment you should might, might want to consider hanging it up because right. dude, you have to just be a committed lifelong learner with this sport because definitely there's, it's just not a science as much as we want to make it a science. It's just not man. It it's isn't. an art form and you got to adapt with that. Right. right. You know, and, and soak it up. And so, yeah, man, it was, uh, no, you guys out here. Um, one of the things that I, that I did enjoy so much about the, the Colorado kayak Bassmasters is when I looked at who was fishing that thing, I'm right. like, dude, this is, I mean, this is a set of hammers here. 
every person getting in this thing, we may only have 18, 19 folks on the roster for an event, but like every one of them can win it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely. like, I'm like, that's who I need to go compete against here locally. I need, I don't, mm -hmm. I'm 50 years old, bro. I don't have the next 20 years. You know, no, I yeah. gotta, I'm on the fast track. Y'all I gotta, I gotta accelerate this thing along and get more. Right. So let's just go get her butt kicked now, get it out of the way. <laughs> right. Right. You know, it's funny. You know, I remember the first tournament we fished this year was at horse tooth for CKB. Yep. And I remember looking at kind of, it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge swath of guys, but I remember looking at the roster and going, man, this is going to be like, this is going to be a real tough one. And, yeah. um, I had found some real, again, found some really good spots in practice and uh kind of had a really good game plan for what i was going to do that day and uh so i get to the lake start fishing the tournament and like right away i'm catching good fish good fish good fish and turns out like i end up having about you know the best bag i've ever caught at horse tooth and i kind of thought at that point like okay i've got a real good chance and i had about 10 or I had about 30 minutes left in the tournament. So I wanted to hit one more spot and I roll up, I throw a cast, catch the biggest smallmouth I've ever caught out of horse tooth. And I was like, man, I, if somebody, I, I've got 79 and a half inches or something, I've never even come close to that number. And I show up and Eric Ollie's got me by two inches. <laughs> and I'm like, what the? I had never seen anyone, anyone touch 80 at horse tooth before i'm sure it's happened obviously but like sure in the time i've been here no one has ever even come close i mean usually like low 70s mid 70s wins those tournaments and yep he drops an 80 like an 81 and a three quarter or something on me and i was like man Ouch. that was tough but that was you know that's like that's like how it is i mean those you know it's like even if like i was on the right group and i still like it was still just one of those things where you know that 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 uh squad of guys was i mean it was a really tough event for right. sure some really it was a really good tournament for like total inches like what what the whole group caught together for sure well and that's what folks around that are you know i know we've got a lot of a uh, lot of viewers here that tune into us that are from the midwest like missouri arkansas iowa yeah. that area to put things in perspective you can hear what caleb's saying out here like it, one of the major reservoirs that we fish at it's actually gonna i think it's it's gonna be the stage of our state championship yes it is for the ckb Cannot it, wait like, for that, by the way. You know, like he said, I mean, if if you look at the historic, you know, uh, results on that thing, to go over 80 inches is not seen very often. No. That's that tough stripe earning, you know, make you learn how to drive that struggle bus with anger. You know, I mean, right. you, you got to absolutely just right. put her down and go get it. Right. I think that's one of the reasons why we do our, our anglers translate really well to travel when they go mm -hmm. elsewhere is because trust me, dude, your hard day of fishing. We've, we, that's our good day of fishing out here. Yeah. We're used to that. And so it doesn't maybe mentally affect us as much, you know, coming. So right. I, while there's good and bad to that, I personally am very thankful that we have, you know, those kind of conditions here. It kind of, it sets the stage. So when I travel, it's like, this is, this is, I love this. This is so right. fun. Right. Imagine, imagine if you lived in Texas and you had to come fish a trail where it was like here. Right. <laughs> right. You, you're not making that what drive, the, what, dude. What is the point of catching these fish? Like, right. like seriously, like you actually score fish this small? Like you guys are actually like scoring fish that are 13 inches long? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yep. I'm <laughs> telling you. I'm telling you. It's a, no, like, I, I'm thankful for what we have. <laughs> right no I'm, I'm serious i agree with you 100 you know i i you know like 
you have like you have to be so well rounded to to fish in this state. And yeah. one of the cool things is is you know we'll fish a tournament at at Boyd where you're going after largemouth. Now there's smallmouth in there too, and if you can find them, usually they're pretty good pretty good fish. But you have to be well rounded on both sides of the spectrum. You got to yep. be able to catch largemouth. You got to be able to catch smallmouth. Um, and you know you have the opportunity for you know mixed bags out here, but you know, with how pressured some of the bass lakes are here, you have to really, you know, hone in your skills. And, and then when we get the opportunity to go fish a place, you know, in, in Nebraska, you know, Swanson, Red Willow, um, yeah. you know, those kind of places, all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, I'm catching 18 after 18 after 18. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, kind of, kind of a really, like, you really see how much it helps you when you fish these fisheries yeah. we fish where there, where you do struggle to catch a limit. I mean, you know, sometimes we'll have tournaments, you know, where mul like multiple in a season where it's like, if a guy caught a limit, he won the tournament. Right. Yeah. Some of the, it's just fishing pressure. It's population, it's environment. Um, you know, that's, that's absolutely because like I said, you know, you take, you take these group of anglers through, through the CKFC or the CKB, whichever, and you move them around, they do well, man. Right. They, they fish well, you know, this Definitely. is just part of the landscape we have to deal with out here. You know, the red, the red willow thing, well, we go back to that one there. So the, I think it was actually, I'm trying to remember if it was red willow. I think it might've been Swanson like a couple weeks before mm -hmm. the hottest temperature I have ever fished in <laughs> happened at swanson right um it can get nasty out there i get it can get it can get flat out nasty there wasn't a whole lot of wind either dude that was the nope. rough part but Human thank, hot. thankfully for my blackfish you know sun protection gear i had on man it kept me kept me nice and protected but i get back to the truck i get everything loaded up i'm sitting there i'm pounding water and i look over at the truck and i'm like oh that's got to be because it's sitting in the sun so I drive all the way back into town. I get to McCook. Okay. So it's been 25, 30 minutes right. um, driving there. That stupid temperature gauge actually went the other direction, you know, a little bit. It was 108 degrees that Ooh. day. I have never fished in temperature like that ever. Right. But it is. yeah, it can get nasty out there for sure. It can yeah. get really hot, really humid. And that's, it's just like stagnant. Yeah. No, no wind, it, nothing. Red Willow, you know, fast forward a couple of weeks, Red Willow, at least what we had there, it was hot then too, but at least we had some wind. So when you're out on the lake, you get a little bit of breeze. And especially when we get to the awards ceremony, so people could hand you your pretty shield and your big check. Um, <laughs> Cause you put the, you put the work on us that day, man. That was a yeah. fantastic deal. That was, that was one of the, that was one of my favorite tournaments I've ever fished. Not, not like, you know, I mean, Winning it was awesome and everything, sure. but the practice. So I show up the day before, right? And I had an idea of what I wanted to do. I wanted to throw a buzz bait all day, and I get to, I, so I I take a piece of um, um, surgical tubing into my kayak with me. So I'm like, I want to catch a couple, but then I want to cover my hook. So I go to a spot. First roll, just I mean, it gets absolutely destroyed. I mean, it looked like it got like a freight train hit it. <laughs> And I, and I set the hook and it was like a 17 inch here. And I was like, okay, sounds good. Go to another spot, another one, just another good, good hit, another good hit. And I kind of get lost in like this, like, <laughs> holy cow, they're going after a buzz bait. Like, this is the funnest thing in the world. They're breaching it. They look like sharks. It was like watching Shark Week. It was unbelievable. It was like I was pulling a seal behind my kayak and they were eating like a great white. And so all of a sudden I realized like, oh, I haven't like, I haven't covered my hook because I don't want to stick all of them. 
and I make a cast on a bank and I pulled across and I'm not it, the biggest, the biggest mass <laughs> I've ever seen in my life hammers it and like hit it in the, like hit the, hit the, like the buzz bait on the bottom and like threw it into the air and went flying. And so I'm like burning it back and I can see her waking back <laughs> towards the buzz bait and I'm burning it as fast as I can. Cause I'm like, I do not want to catch you. She smokes it at my kayak again. And I'm like yanking my rod out of the water. And then I'm like, you know what? I should have just caught her. Now she saw me. Like, she's like, like, what, what was I doing? So sure, oh, sure enough, man. after that, I covered my, I covered my uh, hook with a piece of surgical tubing. So I was like, okay, this is the bite. Like, this is what I'm going to catch him on. And I'm not kidding you. I was fighting fish that weren't hooked. Right. Like, they wouldn't let go of it. Yeah. Like I was pulling it and they wouldn't let it go. Dude, that's the beauty of green fish, man. They bite first, right. ask questions later. That's what I love right. about them so much. Right. And then again, I go to tournament day. I threw a buzz bait for three hours. No bites. Not a single fish. I didn't get touched once. Like nothing. Yep. There was no fish on the buzz bait. Nothing. I found the same results on man. the other end of the lake because I right. I gambled. Because I was using kind of the my local circuit there as my gambling circuit. Because it's right. like, you yeah, know what? Yeah. I'll try different things out with this one that I maybe wouldn't do in the All-American. Right. So I went to the opposite end of the lake from where all you guys were. Right. I was up in those trees back in there, dude. And I was standing up and pitching and flipping into that. And I ran a buzz bait up there. Yeah, nothing on a buzz right. bait at all. Yeah. Like, I, I think at 11 a.m., I had had, I caught one, I had one 18 and a quarter. And so I was like, you know what? I drove by a spot. Cause I got off the water during practice kind of early. Cause I was like, okay, I got the bite, but I was like, I want to look at what this one spot that I fished, you know, previously, what it looked like. So the water was so low. Right. So I drove by and I was like, okay, if something, you know, changes, maybe I'll head over here. So I decide at 11, like, okay, I'm scrapped this, this isn't working anymore. Right. Right. I'll go over there. Um, throw on a chomper Sanko first cast. I catch a 16 and a half. So I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a solid one. And then I finally found out, I found a little bit of a pattern um, that I can't necessarily discuss, but <laughs> found a little bit of a pattern that was a little bit of like live scope with a little bit of just like nuance to, to, you know, how to fish a Senko. Sure. And so I would find this specific thing that I'm looking for underwater with my live scope and I flip the Senko onto it and I can see the Senko fall. And I would drag it, and right when it would fall in front, I would see a little quick flash on my screen, and then my line. I'd look at my rod, and my line would be running straight out. Yeah. And then it was five pounder, five pounder, five pounder, five pounder, five pounder. I mean, I was literally like, like screaming like a little kid because it was just, it was just over and over again. So I had, so then I, you know, finally, you know, it's like one thirty, and I'm like, all right, I think I got this, you know, locked up. Like I've got eighty. I think I had eighty-seven inches. Um, I had a really good bag, but I had a 14 and a half that I had kind of <laughs> as my limit fish. And for whatever reason, I look at my phone and I look at the standings and, uh, Josh Unger had got me by a half inch and he was beating me by a half inch. And the, the reason I thought that the 14 and 14 and a half wouldn't matter is because not very many people were even filling limits that day. Right. And so I was like, okay. I've got 20 minutes, man. I threw and threw and threw and threw and I got nothing. And it's like 150. tournament ends at two. And I'm like, man, if I end up losing by a half inch, this is going to be terrible. 
This is so brutal. I got so many good fish today. Like, come on. Right. I'm like, okay, I got one more spot that I saw when I was coming into this area that had some similar stuff that I was catching fish on over here. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like a six or seven minute pedal just to get there. Cause you know, like we're talking about, you know, with boat and kayak, like I've got to take into account how long it's going to take me to get somewhere. Yep. You know, even if it's only a, you know, a little stretch. And so I'm like, okay, if I get there, I'm gonna have like five minutes. That's realistically going to give me about one cast to catch, get into the boat, put on the board, whatnot. So I roll up to it and I'm like kind of in a panic and I'm about to cast. And I say to myself, like, dude, just relax a second, get yourself in position, make a cast. I throw, I like, I look at my watch and it's like 157. (laughs) I make a cast, it goes in and I just see a huge swirl. And I'm like, please, please be a largemouth. And I just see my line running just straight across out to the center of the lake. I reel up the slack, set the hook, and I'm like, oh, it's a, it is an absolute giant. Like, it is a stud. Please <laughs> don't be a wiper. Right. I literally, I get him to the boat. He, I see him, and I'm like, that's the biggest fish I've caught today, for sure. No question. And so I'm as I'm scooping him with my net, my line snaps, and I scoop him out. Like, oh my in my gosh. net as my line snaps. I get him on the board, I and I'm just like, taking pictures as fast as I can. Right. And the, as like the picture I took was at 159. Like that was, that was when I <laughs> took the first picture of him. Cause I knew, I knew I like, it was at night. I think he was 19 and a half inches. So I, he ended up being right. my, you know, winning kicker fish, but I, I get back and I, I, we walk up and Josh looks at me and he goes, did you get me? And I go, dude, I, I got, the luckiest I've ever been in my life. <laughs> you don't even want to know the story. <laughs> right. But yeah, that was just, it was like an insane, like last minute walk off, you know, fish at the horn just to, to win it. It was, it was pretty cool. That was a, that was one of the funnest days I've had right. fishing just because of the size of fish. And, well, um, you know, and a lot that comes with it is who you're fishing with and against, you know, out right. there, dude, it's, it really does drive that. It's, it was one of the things that, like I said, while while I don't fish many of their events, that's just an equipment uh, situation is the reason why we don't. The CKFC has some of the coolest people in the in the kayak community that we've seen out there, you know, in, in our state. And we're, we are, I say this many times over and over again, but we are so lucky to have these two clubs because they right. both kind of represent a different sector, but yet same philosophy is involved right. across the board the same community vibe that that hits you i can tell you as a new guy coming in i've been welcomed around every corner with the ckfc with the ckb um you know across the board out there and it's right. one of the pieces that you know learning the ropes uh, you know i know alex rojas uh was huge in giving me just tons of initial information when i was first getting into the kayak thing just helping me with a lot of uh, um, do's and don'ts, kind of you know the 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 basic fundamental pieces. As I'm as I'm coming from the de- you know 96 inch deck on my boat <laughs> over to this thing, you know, and I'm like, right. um, here we go. I've never been in a kayak fishing kayak before. Now I've got a new canoe unlimited sit in front of me. Right. Looks looks cool. I hope it's stable. You know, I don't right. want to get wet. Um, right. Although I will say, kayak world, dude, my feet get more wet now than they ever have. When I, I mean. In my boat, my stuff was dry, man. I wore socks right. and sneakers yeah. to get in my boat. You know, I was right. pretty bougie out there <laughs> compared right, to exactly. what I got now. Right. But 
that that type of you know kayak community piece it's it's across the nation i can tell you that really? I've, I've gone from i've gone from pickwick tennessee to you know lacrosse uh, down into Bullshoals, Arkansas. I mean, just in one year, you know, making that. Mm-hmm. And you run across that, but it's there's something extra special about it to me, you know, about these clubs and the people that are involved there. Right. Um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, having the ability, you know, having a state where you have two series that you can fish, you know, somebody like me who's just gung-ho crazy for it and just I'll fish yep. as many tournaments as I can, you know, it's awesome because you have so many opportunities to do it and, you know, I think too, like if, you know, if you look at it on a national scale, you know, some of the turnout that we'll get for, you know, those CKFC tournaments, you know, we have like over 50 people. Yeah. You know, we had to get a, like literally horse tooth limits, like our, the size we, yeah. we, get, we get cut off at 50. Um, you know, when I was, when I first started and I was fishing in Nebraska, you know, we, we were, you know, a big, a big turnout would be, you know, 20, 25 guys. Sure. Um, I'm sure, you know, they have a ton of different, you know, series now too. And it's gotten a lot bigger since then, obviously. But yeah, when I got out here, I was really worried that I was going to lose that part. You know, this, you know, this new sport that I had just found that was so sure. much fun. Um, but now that we have two, we have two clubs, both doing very well and 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 like i said i mean the the turnout i think we had almost 60 guys at pueblo at C, at the ckfc event last year yep um and even you know i i was lucky enough i met dan deru from fox 31 at shields one day nice and uh ended up you know they had heard about ckfc like they they had heard about it and they were wanting to do a story on it and we ended up you know being able to go out up to you know horse tooth and take dan and uh his cameraman cody out fishing and it turns out Cody, his cameraman, had just bought a new kayak and was nice. like looking to get into the sport. Very cool. And so I was like telling my man, hey, you know, join the CKFC, like yep. or the CKB, come fish some tournaments with us. You'll have a blast. And so it's just kind of that, that you know, it is a really big deal in our state, you know, yeah. and, I, you know, I think it has to do too with the size of the, you know, the bodies of water that we have where, you know, some of this, it's a little bit easier to fish out of a kayak than a boat in certain situations as well. hundred percent agree because my first, when I first got here, <clears throat> I had a 21 foot bass boat. And when I built, uh, we built our new home when we were moving here. Cause we, yeah. that was going to be the only way we could actually secure getting a house. Cause of how right. the market was, it was, you know, insane. We, we were coming from out of state. So it's like, you know what, we're just going to build. I mm-hmm. built a, we have a three car garage, but my second bay is tandem. So it's technically four. I built that right. for my boat so it can right. fit back in there. So I didn't have to pay storage. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I get out here and I start looking around at the bodies of water. Then I start realizing just how freaking crowded. I mean, there's some of these days, dude, you could walk across these lakes on the bows of boats. It's right. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, unless I'm going out on a Tuesday at 5 a.m., I am just not quite sure how much I'm going to be doing this. You know, and right. the same consideration still happen with the kayak, but it's a little bit different because you can right. find other options, you know, in places oh, you can go to. So definitely. Yeah, you have a lot. Of, you know, there's a lot of water here. Yeah. Um, but it's not like, you know, these giant lakes that you have, you know, Pickwick or, you know, some of those lakes where there's like, you know, hundreds of miles of shoreline it's not the tva like, yeah <laughs> and, and like you said you know at horse tooth sometimes you're like you're fighting a wake boat you know <laughs> jimmy's in his dad's wake boat and he's a case of beer deep by 12 in the afternoon and he doesn't see you and you're waving and running away from him because he's yeah. gonna run you over or throw his wake and flip you exactly but, you know it's it's one of the things that led us to searching out uh you know for the 
true Patriot Outfitters. It's what sir, what we uh, were so hell bent on finding private waters, finding small. Right. We found a home at Stanley Lake now that does not allow trailered boats into it anymore. And right. dude, that has created. I mean, it's a wildlife Man, refuge, and it's a uh, two thirds of it. You can have a motor on it, electric motor is all they allow. Right. But then there's a third of it that is paddle pedal only. Right. And I'm telling you right now, for you guys that are paddle pedal, there's an invasive species in that water they don't like. But bashers, hell love it. And that's milfoil. Yep. Dude, there are some gems hiding in that milfoil in that no motor area. Right. Because not a lot. Of, it's a big spawny area, so they don't migrate far from there. The right. forage is plentiful. You want to have a day, just head on out there, dude. Man, that's, you know. man, I'm telling you, I've wanted to go to, I've wanted to go to Stanley so bad. If you look yeah. at the sampling reports on that lake, I think even the state record walleye came out of there. I wouldn't doubt if, it. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if it's still, if it still holds as the state record or not, but I know at one point, I think it did come out of that lake, but. The side towards the dam has a lot of good deep ledges and such. Right. There's like a 25 foot ledge at about at, when it, when the lake's at normal pool, 25 foot down, there's this big ledge right at the dam that kind of kicks out. And that mm -hmm. usually is holding something in there. Cause you'll find some, some sporadic boulders on that with right. your, uh, with your down, uh, down scan. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you'll usually find a couple smallies hanging out down right. there and there is walleye awesome. in there. Yeah. It's, you can fish it in many, many different ways. Um, the, the only, I would say it's, it's chinking its armor is just the fact that, uh, it doesn't have very good shoreline fishing. Right. Because it's so sandy for such a long yeah. time before you get to any, any, you know, type of, uh, uh personality of any kind, you know, any right. leads yeah. or any exactly. ledges or, yeah. Right. Cause so that's like, the thing, you know, like I, like I think I tell people all the time, I think the thing I miss the most about fishing in Nebraska is just finding weed, like, you know, fishing rats and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, like you go to like, if you can, you know, like what we consider a weed line here, like a mat <laughs> here, it's like, what are you talking about man like right i frog here with 40 pound braid <laughs> back home it was like if you had less than 65 what are you doing right. you can't even set the hook on a fish with that trust like, me minnesota like, natural yeah. lakes up there yeah raccoons can walk across that stuff dude it's yeah, so thick I, yeah, exactly yeah 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 it's just a giant sloppy mess. And like out here, it's like, man, you find a little patch of it and it's like, oh my gosh, I got a mat. <laughs> usually the beauty is though, it's usually holding fish. That's how I. Oh yeah. That's a hundred percent. A hundred percent. No matter what, you know, there's a, there's a group of ponds I fish here locally too. And they've got awesome. I mean, the vegetation in this, in these ponds is just absolutely incredible. Yep. And they spray it every year God. And, they, and it drives me up the wall. And it's got great size, largemouth, like really, really good quality fish. And every year they spray it. And I'm, I'm, I try to tell them like, guys, the reason the fish are big and they're, they're so healthy in this pond is because of this. Quit spraying it. You know, I get it at a certain point, you know, it gets out of control or whatnot, but Best. yeah, I know it's always fun to find, you know, those weed edges or those isolated grass mats. You know, that was some of my favorite stuff to fish back home. Um, you know, finding those just out in the middle of the lake, boom, yeah. here's a grass mat. And you're like, all right, there's gonna, definitely going to be some fish on this somewhere. Well, you know, and one of the things in Colorado will absolutely say this, and I, I mean, no disrespect to any organizations whatsoever out there, but bass really are not that important to folks because when you out here, because when you right. hear Colorado, you think fly fishing, you think trout, trout. when you hear kayak, you think whitewater. You know, what we do is kind of an oddity because it usually takes a minute or so. Like 
when when we're offering kayak fishing to veterans first responders they look at with lifted eyebrows i'm like hold up first off the kayak i'm talking about isn't a sit in i'm not going to take you down a river with a fishing pole telling you to hold on right like, dude it is a cadillac you know this unlimited right. is a stable stay you can oh, stand yeah. in this thing no problem easily you know, so I, I explain that to them and then I show them pictures and then they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a little different than I thought it was. Yeah, bass are kind of that same thing out here. People are like, really? Bass, Colorado? It's like, you know, the majority brown. But there are a few places where you're going to find some really, you know, uh, unpressured green ones. Because people right. just usually if they catch them, it's by mistake, you yeah. know, type thing. Unless yep. you're the, you know, few of us that go actually targeting for them and trying to hunt for them. So yeah, I've talked to a few guys in the in the fishing shop at our store that call them green carp, <laughs> <laughs> ditch pickles, huh? <laughs> right. Yep. I'm like, come on, guys, come yeah. on. There's a section. I I want to say it's the Yuma, but I'm probably wrong on that. There's like there's one of these gold star rivers for trout in the state down south. It's a Yampa. Yampa. There you go. Yep. There's a section of this that the CPW released the statement a few years ago that uh, smallmouth bass have been found in here and they are considered rough fish. So there's no limit. Get them out of here because they're absolutely dominating the trout. You know, they're, right. Right. smallmouth is just far more aggressive and I just think oh, yeah. far smarter and more durable than a, than a, these dainty little right deer of the river trout that are, right. are. Yeah, like i remember so funny story uh my first ever like real fly fishing on a river experience was hilarious because you know coming from the bass world like it's just a totally different animal oh yeah and so we were doing a training at our store on euro nymphing so it's just kind of you know just like a little roll cast finding some you know soft water you know you know eddies whatever you want to call it and so the fly shop manager at the time was kind of, you know, showing me the ropes, kind of showing me how to do it, what to do, yada, yada, yada. And so I flip over and like I get bit and <laughs> I take a step back and I jack that fish out of the water. And he went flying over my shoulder. <laughs> and and the, the fly shop manager's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? He ate it. I set the hook. Like I, I got to bury the hook. Like, I got to catch him. And he was like, Art, you've got to be insane. What the heck was that? And so then I, so then I, the next fish, I boat flipped to myself. And he's like, what are you, you got to keep him in the water. And I'm like, I didn't, I, I totally just have no idea, no. you know, what's no. going, like, what, how, like, I didn't know there was like a certain, you know, etiquette and protocol for they're fish handling. They're fragile little creatures. They man. are. They I, are. Mean, I didn't realize how fragile they were. Now yeah. I know. So if I catch them, I try to be as, you know, Jim, as, you know, follow the rules as much as I can. So Strawbridge and I were up at Horsetooth. Season was over last year. I think it was like November, December, mm -hmm. whatever. We're up at Horsetooth. And, uh, he's giving me a good drop shot clinic, you know, up there. Cause I oh, mean, yeah. I knew, I knew how to drop shot, but I didn't have a ton of confidence with it. Cause I, I am a power angler and I'm right. skinny water guy. That's what I yep. do. But I knew if I was going to be out here, I needed to improve the game. So I was like, you know what, let's go out with somebody who really knows what they're doing. That way it'll help build my confidence in it. Yep. So we're out there. And I think this is like the second or third day that we all met up. Matt Flanagan was out there with us. We're all just kind of fishing around. And I get on this school of fish in about 25 foot of water and I start yoinking them. It's these stinking trout. They're just oh, tearing yeah. my Berkeley flatworms apart, dude. They're oh, just yeah. going after them. By the time I get these stupid fish in, 
my drop shot rigging is just hammered. They have oh, like yeah. spun it around six ways to Sunday, and I'm like, right. they death roll like alligators. <laughs> they do. It's like unbelievable. Yeah. So no, I, yeah, I know. And that's that's a great guy to learn a drop shot. How to drop shot though, from for sure. Strawbridge. Yeah. yeah we, me and him have had some conversations about what he does and stuff, and it's it's pretty impressive because he's. You know, I'm totally, like I said, I'm a live scope guy through and yep. through. I think in this world, the most fun that you can have with two hands is drop shotting smallmouth vertically on live scope. Yeah. Like when you watch one come in and just absolutely hammer it and you set the hook and you watch the fish go up your screen. Yeah. yeah it's the most fun you can have with two hands. Personally, that's what I, I, I think. If you want to be, he's like still using 2D sonar. I was gonna say, if you want to be impressed, watch what this guy does with 2D. How he he turns it basically into live scope in a way. Right. I know. I'm like, man, why don't like you have a live scope and you're using 2D sonar? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And he does it effectively. You know, he'll he'll outfish me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's so impressive how well he uses that 2D. And um, I mean, I took I, I. Honestly, like being dead honest, like I even run my 2D split with my live scope now yeah. when I'm drop yeah. shotting. Oh. Um, specifically just from having conversations with him, like about what he's looking for. Yeah. And, you know, it's it actually has helped me a ton, even with the live scope side of it, because I, I can kind of get a better idea of what's going on. Dude, I've been doing this for a hot minute and I had always kind of, you know, touted myself on understanding traditional sonar pretty well. I needed to understand a few other aspects and things, but I'll tell you what, I went out there. He showed me how to use my 2D in ways that I had no clue that you could do it with, nor the most subtle, subtlest pixel uh, pieces that he's talking about in these things. I had no idea really what that meant. He's showing me what that means. And yeah, it was, right. I, I'm, I am forever grateful. Oh yeah. And uh, that's that we started this conversation with man is always learning. You know, there's a guy always. out there that's trying something. Yep. This is a great, you know, topic piece here to, to come over. You are a huge proponent of, you love using it. And that's the, you know, the front, uh, forward facing forward sonar. Facing, yeah. mm-hmm. Um, do you, so you currently, are you using live scope or are you using a different brand right now? So I use the Garmin live scope. Um, nice. I used yeah. both the, the, uh, LVS 32, which was like the first real like live scope. Yep. Um, they had a LVS 12 that was a, out for a little while and then they jumped to the 32 and then they just released the 34, 34, yeah. which is live scope plus. So give a, so I'm a 32 guy. That's what I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, 32, 34, is it as big a difference right. as some guys are making it out to be, you know, it, it so clarity target separation that sort of thing yes that's where i would say the biggest difference for going from a 32 to a 34 is my ability to see things at distance um like not saying the 32 is a bad unit like it's not i mean it's still incredible i used it a ton and had a ton of success with it but the thing i realized with the 34 is you know i manipulated my transducer so it actually faces a little bit more towards the surface of the water Mm -hmm. Yep. And being a bass fisherman, that was really helpful because I could see where my lure would actually enter the water at. Nice. On the 32, once you got beyond that 65, 70 feet, realistically, unless you really know what you're looking at, it was really hard to see a lure at that that distance. It gets a little bit tough. I could watch my lure with the 34 enter the water at 100 feet, sink to the bottom, and I could watch it come all the way back. That's awesome. So, you know, and again, whether or not that's, you know, exactly what somebody wants, you know, the 32 is still a great option for sure. Um, Or, or active target, 
with Lawrence or even yep. the Mega Live for you know Humminbird all have their advantages. Um, sure. And all of the forward facing stuff is you know just blowing up right now. But yeah, you know I I, I had a lot of luck with that thirty four the plus transducer. I think Garmin absolutely killed it with. Yeah. You know there was a difference. Now, granted, if you hadn't used a thirty two you really probably wouldn't notice anything because it's the only live scope you've ever used, obviously. Exactly. But, you know, I think that the part where people get kind of, you know, confused or um, don't really know a hundred percent, you know, if they don't have success with their word live scope, I think it's goes back to what, you know, you were taught with 2d or downscan or side imaging is don't catch that fish, you know, like, yeah, there's times where, you know, I'll look out and I'll see a fish catch that fish. But when I really got good with it, like when I really started to use it appropriately and I really noticed like, okay, I'm catching more fish with it was when I used it to find structure. Exactly. And when I used it, like I can't like being able to see a hundred feet in front of me before I run something over. Exactly. It's huge. Like this year I'd never had fished before. I might've lost you. You there, Caleb? I think I lost you there for a second. Yeah, we lost total connection there. That was weird. It's, it picked back up recording here, so I'll just edit that little section out okay. when uh, when the video comes in. Yeah. Some Bye. good stuff. So, yeah, man, that the, like you said, that predictive ability. And, you know, there's clubs that, you know, I've heard of, which I'll, I'll go on record saying this is my opinion only, not any of my sponsor, anybody I'm associated with. Mm-hmm. There's clubs out there that have, you know, forward facing, not going to be allowed in the club. I've heard out there. Right. Oh, my God. That's a flasher unit back up there, Jeb. Right. You know, you know I, this is what I think. And, and this and again, like you're saying, like this is a totally opinion based on yeah. my end. I think people that feel that way that like think it's cheating haven't used it. Exactly. Because, because that, because if you've actually used it, like, yeah, you know what? When I watch, you know, Milliken or Josh Jones watch the screen and catch a giant bass on an A-rig, like, yeah, that happens. Sure. But for every one of those, there's a lot more frustrating times where you'll be throwing, you throw the kitchen sink at a fish and he doesn't eat. Sure. He doesn't want it. Nothing. Well, it doesn't matter. And what people, what people don't understand and track with our sport is they see the one cast what they don't see is the four thousand other casts that that guy made with that same tool and got jack crap you know on it up there they don't see that they just see the one cast oh look at him he's just they're just taking all the fun yeah Yeah. exactly yeah no and that's and that's the thing i just you know if you've really used it you know, I've literally had to tell myself like times like eh, it's a carp and then just move on to the, like, just go. Like yep. it's a giant mark. I know it's a bass and I'm like, yeah, it's a carp. I just got to tell myself it's a carp and move on to the next spot. Right, right, right. Like, you you got to get off the fish. Cause I've caught myself times where it's like, you know, like I'm going over and over. I'm like, man, I've spent 30 minutes trying to catch this fish. I'm wasting time. He's not eating. Exactly. You, know, you got to move on. So that, that, that was my, that was my trick. Guy said it to me at work and I stole it from him. Like, yeah, it's a carp. exactly and just move on to the next one no that's you know we're we're at a situation now where i had it last year i used it in in several cases um used it down at trinidad 
uh, when we were down there. Mm -hmm. And the moment I put it up and just went fishing again is when I actually got healthy um, mm -hmm. on the, on the scoreboard there, because I found myself kind of, you know, stuck to it too much. Right Now I take it with me. Um, and after talking and kind of looking at how James set his up, uh, with a switch right. on it, I want to be able to cut the power so that it, that yeah, GLS 10 is not pulling power all day long for 100%. my, for my 30 amp, uh, you know, battery up front. Right. Um, well, and that's but, the thing too. Like I tell people too, you get on the right group of fish, you know, like I'll yeah. find them on live scope, cast, catch one. I turn that thing off. Yeah. You know, because I and I'll and I'll have my two D running or whatever, but every once in a while I've I've found like, you know, their lateral line is really sensitive, big time, and they pick up on really subtle changes in the water, and I do think at times, you know, like that, you know, the frequency that's going out in the water not necessarily like scares them, but I think it gets them a little bit on edge, and they might not be as apt to eat in that situation. It's, um, it's so I've certainly... actually even like cut power. And I'll just, I, I know where the fish are. I'm yep. going to keep casting in that area. And I've actually done better doing that at times too. There's an arguable claim to be made for that. A lot of, there's some guys that, that, uh, you know, absolutely maintain, maintain that. And then there's other guys that, you know, don't think that's a case, but right. I think there's, there's enough evidence like what you just said that says that there's a possibility here that this could exist. Right. And, and when, a quarter inch separates you from about $600 difference in a check, dude, you'll take every chance, you know, right. If it's something I, don't I care can control, I'm going to adjust it. <laughs> I don't care if it's real or not. If I think it, I have a chance to do better then I'm going to do it. I don't care if it's actually scientifically exactly. back or not. <laughs> exactly. Right. You know, hey, I mean, how long does that uh 30 amp hour battery that you run work? Like, like how long can you run your unit on? All day. I and are a, you running, are you running uh, your graph? your yeah. live scope box and your trolling motor on it? No, 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 okay. not, no, no. I, I, it's always suggested that you keep your trolling motor and your graphs on different I power would, sources. Okay, that's, yeah. And that's what I, I always say too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because I, you get to, you throw too much interference from the trolling motor to yep. your graph. If you end up running them. No, the I run a, I got an uh, amped outdoors, 80 uh, amp hour, 12 volt that sits in the back that I've got uh, in hull wiring that I've connected my XI three to. Yep. Um, I run that. And then for that thing that controls my nav lights, uh, any phone charger that I need, uh, my, uh, Garmin, uh, 93 SV and my live scope that all runs on a 30 amp hour, uh, amped right. outdoors. Now I will say if I'm running all day long, um, and especially if I forget to turn off my nav lights, I got a little switch on my, on my gear pod up front that I can turn those off after, you know, sun comes up. But if I run all day long with the live scope and the Garmin, and I'm really, you know, pushing it, swapping screens and really, you know, running through this stuff. Um, it's, it's pretty tight on like a 10, 12 hour day. Right. Because I get down yeah. to the end there, man, when I, when I take it back to camp and I plug it into the charger, it's still charging by the time I go to bed, it's right. still trying to bring itself right. back up. Right. And it's like, when I wake up at, you know, four o'clock, whatever in the morning, she's green, everything's good to go. Then yeah. it's like, so right. it's, it, I will push it, but I actually prefer that. Because oh, I know exactly. I'm getting the maximum efficiency out of this thing. Oh, yeah. Soon I mean, those I amp this, batteries. Yeah. yeah. Like, we, being a, we, like, we're a retail location we, that carries amped outdoors. I was so um, happy a, when I saw that. Oh, man. It's, you know, we've had so, we've had a ton of luck with them. They've been yeah. an awesome, um, an awesome vendor for us just in the lithium world. Everything's going lithium. Um, and Dude, Matt is we, such great people. The owner of Amp yeah. is such a good human being. Oh, yeah. I, I got, I can tell you now I can, I can make this almost kind of like the official. I mean, everybody hears me talking about him, 
they've joined on with me as uh, on the fishing side this year. I, I'm awesome. now partnering with these guys. That's great. Last year, they, they kind of helped me, but they were more definitely there to help me with the nonprofit work. Right. This year, he's down for nonprofit. He says, keep me in the know. Let me know, you know, what's up with that on right. special events. But he has taken care of me now to help my my season this year coming up with, with Amped. And I'm like, dude, I just can't think, you know, I, right. I would so these small businesses that take care of their customers – Right. Dude, I absolutely love them. Well, yeah. and that's the, you know, that's the part, you know, at Shields, like, like you just said, literally one of the main things at our store is take care of the customer. Yep. And, and we love the fact that AMP does that too. It's been a, they've been a great vendor for us, like I said, and um, we've had a, you know, you know, really, really good luck with the 20 and 30 amp hour batteries. And, yep. you know, it's funny. It's like, I, you know, I sell a guy at, you know, a, a, a graph or whatever for his kayak and, you know, they get like the, t- the 10 or 12 amp hour, which works great. You know, I have sure. a 12 amp hour lithium battery that I use that realistically I can run my 73 SV Garmin for, you know, a couple days before I have to charge it just because it's a smaller screen. Right. Um, and it's funny. They'll come back and they'll be like, hey, you have any of those 20 amp hours or those 30 amp hours? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I got one right here. We'll get you all set up and ready to roll with it. But yeah, it's that, that lithium stuff, their batteries are just, they're really impressive. I had a guy come in the other day and was like, man, you told me this 20 amp hour is going to run my, my like live scope setup for like, you know, anywhere from eight to 12 hours. He's like, I couldn't believe you were like, you weren't lying. (laughs) Like, yeah, man, I know. I'm telling you, this stuff is legit. It doesn't, it's not a joke. And when you get a a solid uh, quality build like amped is, it maintains that power output up until it doesn't. Right. It, right. it doesn't like slowly die, you know, like the old days when, you know, your flashlight would get dim or whatever. No, it's good, 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 gone. Right. So you have full power for that range. If you just do the math on it, you can tell how long you're right. going you know, to be pulling. Even the lifespan of the battery is better. Yeah. You know, like it is standard lead acid. Man, if you get a year out of that thing, like it, it performed for you. Especially like, the way we treat them. Right, exactly. <laughs> like up and down, up and down, just burning that sucker up. Every chance you get, it's going to zero. Yep. And, you know, the cool thing is, too, like with this lithium stuff that's out now, um, I believe Amped, I could be wrong on this. If I am, I'm sorry. But they have a 14.8 volt. They do. And the forward-facing sonar game is what created this. You know, you if you run, if you can run more volts, because your black box can take up to 24 volts, I believe, if I'm right. And... There's like 16 volt, 15 volt batteries now. And it's like, yeah. if you see, you can, if you've seen any videos comparing them, I mean, it is a massive difference. Yeah. And no, this- I actually have a buddy I th- that just got that 14.8 volt. I, I was pretty sure it was amped, but I wasn't sure. And yep. he sent me a video from his live scope and I was, I was blown away. So like, unof- it's a legitimate thing. Unofficially, uh, this was going on for the longest time. And this is what. So last year there was a amped kind of ran out of a few batteries. They were out of stock on a few things. The reason why wasn't a shipping, you know, uh, 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 what am I trying to, was it the, yeah, it wasn't a supply chain issue. (laughs) It was, it was a flat out order because what was taking place and this is a little scuttlebutt behind the scenes, you know, like I said, Mm -hmm. no one's going to deny or, or not deny, but this is what was happening when Garmin, you'd call Garmin up to talk with them and they were having, there was some issues with certain deals. They would ask, what batteries are you running? They were directing, their tech support line was directing people to Amped because of the 14.8. They said, we're not affiliated with them, but 
if you're looking for a battery that really meets our specs, that's kind of the one you need to be going to. Ding, ding. And so when you got a company the size of Garmin, dude, shoving business your way, and all you had Big to time. do was build a good product. Big time. Yeah. Big no, time. it's and I love the fact that they keep their prices uh, legitimate, man. It's man, like, hundred percent with you. They're not breaking too. the bank on you, right? You know, right. To, to get things. Yeah, done. Yeah, I, I tell people all the time, like they'll look at something, they're like, "That's a hundred forty dollar battery." I'm like, to be honest with you, if you want to, um, think about it. Get on your phone and just Google lithium battery. <laughs> yeah. like, you're gonna like what I'm you not see. Trying, I'm not trying to say. I'm not trying to say like you're being cheap not what i'm getting at just nope. google it really quick and see and see all the like everything that pops up and you'll go oh yeah. that's actually not a bad price and, and yeah even their 80 amp or 100 amp hour batteries that we carry too very um, reasonable right 100 percent. and yeah. and you know those have gotten that was one thing you know that got really really impressive this year with us was guys in the boat world yeah. you know like hey do you mean you run two of these 100 amp hours and you know put them in series and get your 24 volts man that 80 amp hour or, you know, that 80, 80 pound thrust trolling motor you have Garmin force or you're going for you know, days, baby. Yeah, you're, you're going you're for not, days. Yeah. And you're going to get on plane a lot quicker because <laughs> you don't have 600 pounds in the front where the standard lead acid. Batteries. Isn't that the truth? That's another oh, cool yeah. thing. Amped actually has built a smaller and it's a kayak specific battery. Mm -hmm. It's high uh, amp hour output, small package there for those right. of us in the kayak. So I love the fact that they're paying attention to our, our industry. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, and they 100%. know that uh, we're going to be, you know, one of those sets. Listen, man, this has brought me right uh, all circled around here to, to one area here. Cause I don't think I've ever actually done this even just with you and I talking before I tell this story to our, our listeners here, I want to extend to you a massive thank you. And what this massive thank you comes from is last year with the Romans Warrior Foundation, when we were trying to get this kayak fishing thing off the ground, we had this vision. We know the health impact. We know the, the benefits that getting uh, uh, folks that are working their way through some stuff, getting them outdoors, helping them engage the outdoors. We know for a fact that this is medically backed. It helps. It is a complimentary therapy piece. So we were pushing heavy with this passion. Um, there's been an evolution that now the TPO is now the face of Colorado. I'm still with Romans Warrior, of course. We still mm -hmm. do the field ops. That's more of a national thing, though. But TPO is right here in Colorado. This is, you know, and it's our sole job is just kayak fishing, dude. That's what we do. Um, That's awesome. To get that going, it took so many people coming together. Of course, New Canoe, massive Im, uh, impact right. that, that Blake Young and that entire company gave us. But easily running side by side with them on the impact was you and um, uh, just the entire Shields organization, the community team, and right. you and I having the chance, brother, to sit there and talk in the store and look at different items. Right. I, I told you that from day one, I when I, whatever we give these guys, when it comes to a PFD, I wanted to put them in a quality PFD right. because it's something that it, it is my opinion that that's where you don't cut cost. Okay? No. There's there's places you can you can skimp. Right. I personally right. think you don't skimp on a PFD, y'all. No. I mean, you're talking your livelihood here. Right, 100%. 100%, yeah. You helped no balance that out. You helped walk me through that entire department. And by the time we were said and done, we had a paddle, a PFD, a net, fishing poles. Um, we had we have tools, pli pliers and such that every one of these kayaks get. And we had that little pool of those those rods and reels and tackle boxes to mm -hmm. give these warriors 
to take with them when they're all said and done right from Shields. And, and yep. dude, you were right at the heart of making all that happen for us, brother. And I, I just can't thank you enough. We're still, if you can see them, they're sitting right there. Those are yeah, the Shields outfitters. Those are the giveaways right yep. there. Yeah, we exactly. Keep, we no, keep them, it was, we keep them awesome. warm was, in the wintertime. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to keep them inside. Mine are upstairs in my attic right now. Cause they, I don't want those that real grease to freeze, you know what I'm that's saying? That's right, that's right. But no, that was an awesome, that was really cool to be a part of. And, and you know, yeah. be, you know, Shields, that's one of the main things that we really love to do is, you know, find these nonprofits that are doing great work and give back to the community in, you know, any way we can. And um, so, no, I, I honestly, we as Shields and myself, thank you yep. for allowing us to be involved with it. And it Ooh, was, it's... it was definitely an honor to, to help set up some stuff for you so that you could get some, uh, get some people that deserve it on the water. That's what I'm saying is that you, you know, you guys that were there in the very beginning concept of this to help us get off the ground and get rolling. We had the vision. We had a lot of the, you know, that we had the tenacity to keep this thing going and the time commitment and the passion to make it there, but we needed resources, man, to, to get boots on the ground. And if it weren't for, for you, uh, and, and of course, um, I keep thinking Janae. Janae is with Mark yeah. and I love her to death. Um, wh- why am I forgetting Caitlin? There she yeah. go. I knew yes. I'm old. Okay. I mean, names good. and I are dumb. <laughs> Caitlin and her countless hours of work to help oh, us yeah. and, and coordinate this with you, at, you know, in the camping side there. Yep. Yeah, man, this we're, we're very, very proud to, to uh, you know, to spread the shields name. If you look in uh, uh, several of my uh, flyers, which embarrassingly enough, they're all downstairs. Um, but in our intro, you'll see one of the pictures at the very end is, is a couple of, uh, uh, these are purple heart recipient warriors that I, uh, went and spent time with in Vienna, Missouri. Mm -hmm. You notice they're holding up a pair of fish and look at their hats. They're wearing their shields, Colorado hats because they loved that stuff. When we brought them that swag and such, they were, yeah, that's awesome. And all they kept asking was who's shields. Cause they're from down South, you know, shields isn't down there. Yeah. There's not there. Yeah. There's none down there yet. So it's, you know, we got one in Texas, but. That's uh yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of an untapped territory for sure. Yeah. Well, I, br- I tried to bring it up. Our cell reception was real spotty out there, but I tried to bring it up on my phone. Like here, right. man, shields online. Just go here. Yeah, Dude, I have, up there. <laughs> I've bought two trolling motors off shields online. I bought my live scope off of shields online. Right. <laughs> and right. uh, what do people give me for birthday presents? You damn yep. right, baby. <laughs> shields <laughs> gift cards. They know where I'm at. <laughs> right. Exactly. No, yeah, it's, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's we, really cool. We try to tell people that, you know, when you see me with a name of a company around it, it is not because uh, of a monetary piece. I'm not that big, y'all. All right. I'll tell you that right now. I don't demand that much. The reason I, you know, absolutely these, these companies help us with on our mission, but it's because I believe in you guys, dude. I believe right. in, in, and if I believe in them, I'll put my name next to it 100%. Yeah. Well, we appreciate so. that. Yeah, brother, that was, uh, like I said, we'll, we'll keep this thing going. I've got some cool stuff I want to share with you off air. We're trying to put together. We'll make announcements and such cool. that uh, I think might be something, a cool opportunity for everybody. So we'll, we'll look at that. Well, listen, man, I am so look, are you, so are, let, let's talk real quick before I let you go here. Um, yeah. This season, you work a ton. You're a busy dude. Right. Um, but when we're looking at the, so the CKB schedule, how many of those, I mean, are you going to go try to defend that title at Red Willow on the two-dayer, homie, man, at the beginning of June? Man, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm going to fish as many as I can. Kind of funny, I'm getting married this year. <coughs> Both of my best friends are getting married this year. Congratulations, so like brother. stuff crammed into the first couple months of the year, and I'm, I'm going to fish as much as I possibly can. Um, I'm hoping to do that one. I'm getting married on June 24th, so June 1st and... 
that first weekend it's gonna be a little dude light. bachelor party third and fourth i'm gonna get out bachelor party third and fourth mccook right. nebraska let's do it, let's do it. <laughs> i bet we could stay at a motel eight for like a month for less than any other bachelor party trip we're gonna do <laughs> and they don't leave the light on <laughs> no they don't tracks bugs y'all right <laughs> we're not dumb. Stay there for the whole weekend for like 50 bucks if we really wanted to bro i'll tell you i love the campsites are ten dollars there yeah i love mccook i love that love area that place. the people are so freaking friendly uh to anglers right. they love it when we come into town you know they treat right. us really really well i stay at this little uh little hotel a lot but this year i'll be camping that one yeah um but yeah it's it is a, what a cool area i literally stayed in mccook for the swanson deal and oh, yeah. for the red willow because it's like right, right in the middle of the two <laughs> right i know i could move to mccook i could move to mccook just based on the fishing opportunities yeah yeah it's uh it's, it's Close pretty to some pretty really good. good spots for sure exactly but yeah we're gonna fish as many as we can this year i'm hoping to cool. do um you know especially from you know july on for sure cool. i'm gonna try to fish the uh couple in april both my buddies are getting married in april though so it's gonna wow. make it a little tough to swing those um, yeah may i'm gonna try to maybe get to one and then but yeah once we get into the back half of the year for sure really excited about that championship at horse dude, dude september is gonna be just lights out right listen keep us in mind if you want to want to um stretch out and go take some suckers money on the national trail stuff if you want you know if you're looking at mine lands or something or any of those yeah. And and you're interested in a travel, you know, uh, buddy to help split some cost or something at, a, man, at some lodging it. or whatever. Keep me in mind up there, man. I'm absolutely awesome. yeah, no, let's, to make it I, a little more affordable for everybody. So definitely. No, hundred percent. I've been looking at starting to do some more of those, those national tournaments, you know, with the all American and, yeah. and some of that stuff, especially with some of the stuff getting a little closer out this way for sure. Right? So yeah, I definitely. So, I will definitely keep you in mind for that. Cause I was so bummed when Bass put PK on the same weekend that our third and fourth Red Willow was at because I wanted to do Possum Kingdom so bad. I really did. But the way I look at it is, dude, I'm already doing Lake of the Pines at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I won a challenge for AOI in the CKB. I absolute this year, this year, CKB isn't a testing ground for me like it was last year. Last year, I took wild risks and such. Right. No, this year I'm I'm coming for that let's damn go. shield, yo. Yeah, I mean that's, that's what I'm talking about. Because there is now that I fully understand this, that is that is a crown to be very proud of, you know, oh, yeah. AOI. Trevor oh, yeah. Trev, you know, locking that up last year that would not buy much either. Jason was right on his tail. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, James yeah. right behind them, you know. I mean, right. that's awesome stuff. And oh, that's yeah. something to be proud of if you can uh if you can best that field, man. That's not not yeah, no it's joke. a it's a it's 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 a group of sticks for sure. Yep. Well, listen, brother, thank you so much for stopping by, spending part of, of your day off here with us and, and sharing uh, the fishing on, on Colorado fishing, the CKFC. We love the clubs. Um, and then, of course, Shields, that whole piece. This is this is awesome stuff. And uh, awesome. Keep keep me, in, uh, like me said, keep me in mind out there. And if you know you need a bachelor party, man, you let us know. I'm sure James and I it. could co- put together something. Man. <laughs> right. A couple of my buddies don't fish. I've only I've been fishing with them. You know, one of my buddies fish all the get all the time and. The other one, nah, I don't know. I bet you we he can come up with some kayaks. Going. Don't worry. We'll get right. them in a kayak. Well, you know? yeah. We can pile in, throw a case of beer. He'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. All right, folks, listen, make sure to go out. Give Shields some love. Shields Johnstown. Check them out online. You can't miss them out there. Appreciate if you're watching this through the YouTube channel, please smash that subscribe, like, and follow on all of our socials out there. That is a massive way. It doesn't cost you a dime, and it's a huge support for us out there with our uh, with our sponsors and such. As always, folks, tight lines.
and be safe.